William Tyndale gave us the word like-minded. It was one of many words that he invented in the 16th century in order to communicate the underlying Greek. Tyndale was always uh, coming up with new ways of expressing the Bible, ways that have now passed into common parlance. Tyndale described like-mindedness. But what actually produces like-mindedness? On the internet, uh, it's easy to find people like us, isn't it? No matter how specialist your interests might be, the online world is so large, any subgroup at all can find like-minded members. But what about the local church? What about in face-to-face community where people of all ages, races and cultures are called together by the Spirit? How can we find like-mindedness there? That was a big concern for Paul in his letter to the Philippians. Uh, There were high-profile spats within the church and it was affecting the whole witness of God's people. Therefore, Paul urges these Christians, Philippians 2 from verse 2, he says, Make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. This is a wonderful vision for humility in a congregation. But how will it come about? Well, the answer, as always, is in Jesus. Paul writes in verse 5 that in your attitudes, in your relationships with one another, have that mind in you which is yours in Christ Jesus. That's fascinating. The mind that we are to be like is Christ's mind. And that mind has been given to us by the Spirit. And what is the mind of Christ? Well, in the following verses, Paul either wrote, or he writes from scratch or he quotes from a stunning hymn that was circulating in the first century, that reveals the eternal thought life of the Son of God. Christ Jesus, verse 6, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. So it's astonishing humility of mind we're speaking of here. You and I did not choose to be born. The eternal Christ did. He made up his mind to take on flesh. This is incredible. Because if I ever did have the choice to be born, I would not have chosen what Jesus chose. If I was in very nature God, surrounded by the worship of heaven, in the direct presence of my Father, I would not have chosen the birth, the life, and the death which the Son of God determined for himself. Jesus chose to be nothing, to be a slave, to obey even to the point of death, even the point of God-forsaken death on the cross. When we see the baby in the manger at Christmas, it's like watching a man falling. It's like a snapshot of a man falling. He has come from the highest heights. And on Christmas morning, we see him heading down, down, down from heaven to earth and eventually to hell on that cross. All of this happens because Jesus made up his mind to serve. Being in very nature God, he has a mind to become a slave. Isn't that astonishing? And this is crucial to understand. Such service was not a departure from the divine glory. It's the very expression of it. The true godness of God is shown when Christ climbs down off the throne and pours himself out as a servant. 
wriggling in the manger, writhing on the cross, there is the expression of true deity. That's what it is to have the mind of Christ. And when the father sees his son pouring himself out in service, well, verse 9, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Because of the crib and the cross, therefore the father says, have the crown. What is crowned in the ascension is the self-emptying love of the crib and the cross. The Father vindicates suffering love as the true display of divine glory. He vindicates the suffering servant as the true Lord of heaven and earth. And one day, everyone will bow the knee to Jesus the Lord. They will do so because he poured out his life to death. One day, the whole world will recognize what the Father has declared in exalting Jesus to his right hand. They will see that the sacrificial servant is Lord. Humble, self-abandoning love is enthroned as the very heartbeat of deity. The mind of the servant is the mind of God. And so Paul says, be like-minded. Let this mind be in you, which is yours in Christ Jesus. You know, we are a fractious bunch, we humans. But here's the solution. The Christian has their thinking completely reoriented by the mind of Christ. For us, humility is greatness. Service is glory. Sacrifice is divine. When we really think like that, we will esteem each other better than ourselves. We will find that we are becoming like-minded. You see, the old saying is wrong. It's not that great minds think alike. Actually, it's the opposite. Humble minds think alike. Mm